0: Well, today is our second to the last message in our series, God's Power Continues. And what kind of power are we talking about as we go through this series? Now, many churches believe that God's power to save continues. Uh, They believe that people can repent, put their faith in Jesus Christ, and they can be saved. And quite frankly, if a church doesn't believe that, Uh, They're really not an authentic Christian church. I mean, that is really the basic foundation that Jesus Christ still saves people today. In this series, we're looking at the book of Acts. We've seen that God's power to save people continued through the book of Acts and obviously to our day as well. And yet we learn that God's power is available to do more than just to spiritually save someone. In the book of Acts, we've seen God's power continuing to heal people. Just as Jesus healed people, so we see people healed in the book of Acts. We see miracles performed. We see people set free from demonic powers. And so we believe that this type of supernatural power, the power that Jesus demonstrated, the power that was demonstrated in the book of Acts, continues in God's church to our day. In fact, will continue until Jesus returns again. It's something that the Apostle Peter referred to as continuing uh, the spirit being poured out until Jesus. The last days are completed when Jesus returns again. And so what is the point in God's supernatural power being demonstrated? The ultimate point, we'll talk about some other reasons God does this, the ultimate point is that people would be aware that Jesus is alive and they would turn their hearts over to him and be saved. It's one way to get people's attention. And so today our message is entitled Power to Heal. We'll be talking about healing, healing of uh, physical or bodily injuries or ailments. It also could deal with emotional or spiritual disorders. Sometimes the Bible speaks of healing when people are set free from demonic influence. The power to heal characterized Jesus' ministry when he he was here on this earth, and we read about it throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's summarized in Acts 10.38, and I'd encourage you to take out a white page in the middle of your bulletin, Yes, it's in my bulletin, and it has the outline there as well as the verses written out. On the back side are study questions that relate to the message, and these are something that you can do on your own. Uh, We'll also be talking about these oftentimes in the life groups. I know ours will be tonight as well. Acts 10.38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And so this is a summary of Jesus' entire ministry. Those who were sick, those who were influenced by demonic spirits who were under the power of the devil, Jesus healed them and set them free so that they could serve him in freedom. And this power that Jesus had was given to his followers. Jesus said in John chapter 14, this is Jesus speaking. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. In other words, Jesus saying, believe that I am God, that I am the very Son of God. Believe it. I'm telling you it. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. Jesus did many miracles and those miracles were a sign that what he said was true. I tell you the truth, anyone, circle that word anyone. Anyone... Who has faith in me, are are you and anyone? Okay, now there's a condition here. It's not just anybody, but it's anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Referring back to the miracles that he did, he will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And so here we have a promise from Jesus. This is a promise. He encouraged people to believe that what he was saying believe what he was saying on the evidence of the miracles he performed, often healing miracles. And then he goes on to say that anyone who has faith in me will do what? They will do what I have been doing. They will do what Jesus had been doing, performing miracles and even greater things because Jesus was going to the Father. Now, Jesus went to the Father when he ascended back into heaven. And what happened after he ascended into heaven? Well, he released the promise of the Father, the promised Holy Spirit. And that's what he is referring to. In fact, in verse 16 in John chapter 14, we don't have time to look at it. He says that he's going to the Father in order to send the Holy Spirit to his followers. The Holy Spirit will empower them to do the same things that Jesus did in his ministry. So let's ask the question again, why does God heal? We live in a fallen world. And people in this world are oppressed by sickness and demonic influences. And Jesus came to set people free. Jesus came to show people God's compassion, to, to show God's love. And he did it by healing people. And so that's one reason that God heals people, to release people from suffering, to release people from pain, to show his compassion, to show his love. Now, is everyone going to get healed every time? Well, that's not going to happen until Jesus returns again. We don't live in heaven on earth yet. We have a taste of heaven, but yet it's not here in completeness. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, God does miracles from time to time. God releases his power. And those times when God heals serve as a powerful witness that Jesus is alive and that he is coming again. And so today we're going to learn some more about the power to heal from Acts chapter 9. Jesus still heals today. Our story begins in verse 32. It says, As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the saints in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, a paralytic who had been bedridden for eight years. Now, thinking about Jesus' ministry before we go on with the story here, Jesus did some amazing healings in the Gospels. He healed a paralytic who had been in the condition for a long time. And we think, well, of course, Jesus healed. He was the very Son of God. Surely no one other than Jesus could heal a paralytic, right? Well, it's wrong. Jesus said, we just read it in John 14, those who believe in his name will do the same things that he did. And so in Luke chapter 5, Jesus healed a paralytic, and he said to him, get up, take up your mat, and go home. In Acts chapter 9, Peter encounters a paralytic named Aeneas been paralyzed for eight years. And what point will the Holy Spirit be making through Luke, who through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit wrote both the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts? So as we're studying today, I saw the amazing parallels between the miracles that Jesus did and the miracles that Peter did. What point is the Holy Spirit making? Well, that Jesus continues to heal through believers, even though Jesus is now In heaven. Verse 34 Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and take care of your mat. Immediately, Aeneas got up. And so Peter speaks to Aeneas and he says, Jesus Christ heals you. It's a very important statement. Peter is saying, he's not saying, Peter heals you. He's saying, Jesus Christ heals you. The power to heal came from Jesus. Peter was simply a channel through which the power of the Holy Spirit flowed to bring the healing power of Jesus Christ to Aeneas. And then Peter tells Aeneas almost exactly the same words that Jesus spoke. Get up, take care of your mat. And what happened? Aeneas got up. He was healed. He was healed by Jesus. Now, what other effect did this healing bring about? Well, that healing had a wider uh, a wider impact. It brought repentance in people, all those who lived in Lydda and Sharon, saw him, the paralytic, and turned to the Lord. Now, if this guy had been paralyzed for eight years, probably everybody in his town knew about him. He was the guy who couldn't walk. He was the guy that had to be carried everywhere that he went. And so when they saw him healed and walking around, they were amazed. It really got their attention. Verse 35 says, they turned to the Lord. That's just another phrase for repentance. Repentance is turning from your sin, asking for God's forgiveness, turning to the Lord, to Jesus Christ, putting your faith and trust in him. And so the people turned to the Lord after they saw Aeneas being healed. And so the result of the healing was glory being given to God and people being saved. And so the book of Acts here, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is making the point that the healing ministry of Jesus is continuing throughout the book of Acts and will continue through the last days through Jesus Christ's church, of which we are part of today. Now, what effect should reading this story from 2,000 years ago have on us today? Well, first of all, it should build our faith. Because not just Jesus brought healing to somebody, but a disciple, a believer in Jesus, brought somebody to healing as well. And this was a difficult case. This was not Peter laid hands on somebody and healed them of a cold. Okay, they don't record those in the Bible. Uh, does Jesus heal things? Yeah, he heals those things too. But this was a, a difficult case. This was a tough case. This was a case the doctors didn't know what to do about. And so when we read a story like this, we can thank God for what he did through Peter 2,000 years ago. But we should take it further than that. We should ask God for opportunities for you and I to pray for people who are sick, to believe God to do the same kind of things in our lives today. Ask God to give you the courage and the boldness to take advantage to pray for people who are sick. It might happen at your work. Ever hear somebody talk about them being sick or their family member being sick? They come to talk to you and What can you do about it? Well, you can say you're going to pray about it. In fact, you can pray about it right then. Years ago when I worked at Monsanto, I mean, maybe it's different today, but they're little cubicles. Somebody comes in and sometimes talks to you too long. Can't get any work done. Uh, But they would come in and share their story, what they're going through. Oftentimes, they'd offer to pray for them right there. God gives opportunities. When you hear somebody complaining or grumbling about something in their lives, that's not going right. It's an opportunity to to pray for that situation and see God's power move. God wants each one of us to be a channel for God's power as well, but we have to take advantage of the opportunities that he gives to us. So don't miss out on those because Jesus still, still heals today, and he wants to use you and me in that. Now, not only does Jesus... Still healed today. What, what's tougher than healing a person who's been paralyzed for eight years? Raising somebody from the dead. That's a little tougher, isn't it? Jesus still raises the dead. Let's go on, verse 36. In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated is Dorcas, who was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. So we learn about Tabitha. She was a godly woman. She was a disciple of Jesus Christ. She always did good. She helped the poor. She did all kinds of wonderful things, but she got sick and she died. We know that Jesus raised the dead in his ministry, but but could a follower of Jesus do the same? I mean, isn't that something that only the very Son of God could do? How could anyone else raise somebody up from the dead? Well, according to Jesus' words in John 14, he said that those who believe in him would do the same things he did. And guess what? His disciples of that day and time believed him. And how is that possible? Well, Paul explains that Jesus distributes spiritual gifts. Now, I'll mention what that means in a minute. Verse 38, Litter was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Litter, they sent two men to him and urged him Please come at once. So why did the disciples send for Peter? Well, first of all, Peter was close by. He was in a nearby town. They knew he was there. He could get over to to Joppa quickly. But why call Peter? Why didn't they just pray for Tabitha? Well, I'm reading between the lines. No doubt they did pray and nothing happened. She just lay there. Disciples understood that Jesus distributes spiritual gifts. That's something I don't think we really have a grasp on. Jesus doesn't distribute spiritual gifts evenly. Everyone doesn't have the same spiritual gifts. And so person A can pray for somebody and nothing happens, and person B with a spiritual gift can pray for the same person and something will happen because God has chosen to work through them in a certain way. Disciples understood that just because they couldn't raise Tabitha from the dead, maybe somebody else could, whom God was working through with a powerful spiritual gift. And so as we read through the book of Acts up to this point, nobody has been raised from the dead. I mean, the last person to be raised from the dead really was Jesus Christ himself. But that was a special case, was it not? God himself raised Jesus from the dead. Nobody had been raised from the dead in the book of Acts yet. But yet God had used Peter to heal a cripple at the temple. A man who had been crippled for a long time. He used Peter to do many other healing miracles. We just read about one today when he healed as a paralytic for eight years. People were even healed when they passed through Peter's shadow. Astounding miracles, healing miracles had been done by Peter. And so if anyone could help With Tabitha, the disciples thought it was Peter. So let's ask Peter to come. And so, Jesus cares about his children. Jesus cares about his saints who die. The story continues in verse 39. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. That's the room in which Tabitha's body was lying there. All the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. And so everyone in the house was grieving over Tabitha's untimely death. I mean, they couldn't understand it. Here was a godly woman, a woman who'd done so much good, and she got sick and died. I mean, why couldn't somebody have prayed with her and her be healed? Why did she have to die? And so they were very sad. It didn't seem right that she was taken so early. And so, I believe Jesus' heart was moved. We read in the Gospels, when Lazarus died an untimely death, he had compassion and he ultimately raised Lazarus back to life. I believe Jesus had compassion on this untimely passing of Tabitha. And he was going to do something about it. He was going to use Peter to do something about it. And so Peter was going to next pray in faith for healing. First part of verse 40, Peter sent them all out of the room Then he got down on his knees and prayed. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus raises a young girl, Jairus' daughter, from the dead. When Jesus arrived to see her, he sent everyone out of the room except the girl's parents and Peter, James, and John. And so Peter had been there and saw with First-hand experience. He had first-hand experience in seeing Jesus raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. And so Peter was following Jesus' example step by step. Now, why would Peter and Jesus send people out of the room? Well, when someone is dead, you need more than the gift of healing. That's too late. Raising somebody from the dead isn't healing somebody. It's much more than that. You need the gift of faith. You need the gift of miracles to raise somebody from the dead. That's in another league uh, of its own rather than just healing a paralytic. And you want only people who are in faith for God to move, who are in faith to God, for God to do the impossible, for, who are in faith for God to raise her from the dead. Those are the kind of people you want in the room with you. You don't want people in the room who are in unbelief. You want to be united. United prayer. And in this, and Jesus sent everybody out but the girl's parents and the three disciples who were closest to him. In this case, Peter sent everybody out. They were all grieving and crying. I'm sure Peter sensed nobody was really in faith for this. Just get them out, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm going to kneel down and pray. What did Peter pray about? well, the Bible doesn't say. I believe he spoke to God and he asked him to raise Tabitha back to life. And God spoke to him, said, I'm going to do this and here's what you're supposed to do. What did Peter do next? Well, he spoke the word of God. Verse 40, turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus said, To Jairus' daughter, my child, get up. And so Peter here says the same thing. Now, Peter is following Jesus' example, but I don't want to give you the impression he's repeating words in some kind of magic formula. But he's understanding how the gift of miracles works. Hearing God and speaking forth the word of God. And so Peter is speaking a command. He's speaking, we don't have time to get into it this morning. He's speaking the rhema word of God, the word of God that God... Spoke into his spirit to speak to Tabitha. And that word had authority. Had the authority of Jesus Christ. The authority of the Holy Spirit. And as that word was spoken, the power of God surged through Tabitha's body and brought her back to life. Raised her from the dead. A miracle had happened. We should... Expect many to believe on the Lord when a miracle like that happens. It says in verse 41, He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. When somebody is raised from the dead, it gets people's attention. It's not something that happens every day. And so it got the people's attention. The whole town learned about it. And the end result was that many people believed in the Lord. That Jesus was alive. That Jesus was still working miracles. And they wanted to be part of it. And so they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so God had allowed Tabitha, a godly woman, to get sick, to die. With a plan to raise her from the dead and see many more people come to the Lord. Many more people become part of the church. And so we see how God used a difficult situation to bring glory to himself and to draw people to Jesus. Does God or does Jesus still raise people from the dead in our day? Let me tell you this true story of John Smith. Hey, John Smith was a 14-year-old boy who lived in St. Charles County, Right here in St. Louis. How many have heard this story already? What? He and his parents were members of First Assembly of God in St. Peter's. They've been members for 21 years. Let me just say, you won't hear this on the news, it was no accident that John and his family were part of a spirit filled church that believed God could still do the impossible, that still believed that God could do supernatural things. In our day and time. On January 19, 2015, John and three friends made an unwise decision to go out and play on the ice on Lake St. Louis. They were about 150 feet from the shore when the ice broke and John fell into the icy water. His friend Josh tried to reach out to him and he fell in too. They had a friend on the shore and they called for 911. By the time EMT EMT arrived, John had disappeared underneath the ice, and Josh was still hanging on, and when they arrived, they rescued Josh, pulled him out, and they began using a recovery pole to try to recover John's body. And they were fishing around underneath the ice. Eventually, they snagged John's clothing and his body was pulled up, and he had no pulse. They put him in an ambulance, transported him to the hospital, where CPR was started. They did CPR for 27 minutes, and his heart didn't give a single beat. He'd now been dead for 45 minutes. The doctor called John's mother into the room, and he was going to announce to her that her son was dead, and this was going to be the official time of death. As his mother, Joyce, came into the room, she began praying very loudly, seeing her son laying there. She grabbed hold of his feet and prayed for God to raise him up. And within a few moments, to everyone's astonishment, John opened his eyes. Well, he's, no, sorry, got it wrong. Within a few moments, his heart started beating to everyone's amazement. And Dr. Suter, the attending Physician, he was still completely unresponsive, called it a miracle. And so his heart started beating. He was immediately transported uh, from that hospital out in St. Charles down to Cardinal Glennon. And at Cardinal Glennon, there was an expert in water accident victims called Dr. Jeremy Garrett. And Dr. Garrett examined John, and he found that he had only brain stem activity. His brain wasn't functioning, and if he survived, he would be a vegetable. He was totally unresponsive. Well, the family called uh, John's pastor from First Assembly, a pastor named Jason Noble, and he and the parents went into the room where John was lying there unresponsive, and they began to pray. Pastor Jason Noble of First Assembly saw two angels appear by John's bed. And at that time, he opened his eyes as they prayed, but then he closed them again. As they continued to pray, Pastor Jason saw thousands of whirling colored lights swirling around John's head. Not, nobody else in the room saw the things that his pastor saw. He was the only one that saw them. And as these lights swirled around his head as they prayed, suddenly John sat up in bed, opened his eyes, and reached out and grabbed their hands. Everyone was totally astounded. And every day... There's much more to this story about what happens when you have raw lake water in your lungs and all kinds of infections and all kinds of other things that should have happened. But as they continued to pray for John, each day he improved. And after 16 days, he walked out of the hospital totally recovered. Dr. Garrett, this expert in water accident victims, uh, was totally shocked at his recovery. And he called it a bona fide miracle. Many people have been saved as a result of hearing John's story. I'd like us to watch a short video um, about John Smith and God's answer to his mother's prayer.